0: A thing that's been irritating me today is that when you read a news article from a local news outlet, um, unless their their news outlet has the location in the name, like the Omaha World Herald, right? Like you're pretty sure that you know this school or this public official they're talking about is like probably from Omaha or at least Nebraska or something. Like unless they have it in the masthead. Nobody seems to be interested in indicating like where is this news coming from, right? Well,
1: I think the thing that I've noticed is like it's like a lot of local news, like you know NBC affiliates and stuff. Well, they'll just be like, you know, Hillsdale Times, or and you're like, I don't. What is
0: like? What yeah, is I don't that? know where Hillsdale no is. Yeah.
1: Context for it's it could be anywhere. There's probably right. 500 towns you know named yeah. that.
0: Yeah, not just in America, but like you know, probably there's there's like there's like Johnston yeah. in like Australia. You know, like, are we talking about Johnston, Indiana? Are we talking about Johnston, New South Wales?
1: If you go to, like, your local news, like, if you go to the local news, like, TV website in Omaha or whatever, they just, like, repost other, like, NBC affiliate stories. And so, you know, there's some story or whatever (laughs) where it's like. Oh, you know, kids gets run over by an ice cream truck or whatever. Oh and you're right. like, Oh yeah. shit! Did this happen here or whatever? Yeah, did that no. happen in South
0: Dakota? Oh, did Oh no. Yeah, it looks
1: like it was like in Florida or something. Like, why are why is this? Why are you pushing this on? Right. <laughs> Very weird.
0: Yeah, and like the the it bleeds it leads thing, I guess, sort of accounts for that. But also, like, you can usually find terrible news articles like that for pretty much yeah. any city in a given day, right? I mean, like, you don't need to be reposting, like, <laughs> uh, unless it's something truly, unless it's something truly outrageous, like, uh, like, alligator drives through Wendy's, like, jumps in and, like, eats the, like, drive through <laughs> girl. <laughs> right. Um, like, that's probably gonna be someplace in, like, Florida or I'm the I'm pretty sure that's like, happened in But, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it was that, it was that prank wow. thing, it was, like, that wow. whole viral YouTube thing where... Um, they'd go to get you your food, and then you'd throw a uh, live uh, alligator in through the window.
1: Oh, the the alligator challenge! You yeah, know, the really alligator challenge. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> we get such good ideas on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the Liquid Flannel Podcast from Arlington, Texas. I'm Matthew Hodges, joined as ever by my comrade and stalwart co-host in Omaha, Nebraska, Brendan Williams. Brendan, how many crocodiles have you thrown at the working class today?
1: <laughs> well, uh, I'm I'm down on my crocodile quota, but I'm going to try to pick it up by the end right. of the week. If you, you get, uh, if you gotta give gotta me a get a those, chance
0: here, got to get those croc points. <laughs> I can't believe they made an app for that. It's it's ridiculous. <clears throat> really got out of hand, frankly.
1: Where's this? Where's this going? It's been a. It's been a crazy week.
0: It has been a crazy week. It has been a crazy week. And to help us uh, digest this crazy week, and and hopefully talk about some things that are a little bit more uh, uplifting or exciting, or at least motivating, um, from Shawnee, Oklahoma. Our first ever, I think, um, Oklahoma correspondent. We've got Gregory Harden. Hey, Gregory. Hey. It's nice to have you join us. We've been talking about having you on the show for quite some time.
2: Yeah, it's great to be on. been looking forward to it for a little while. Ever since you first reached out to me a few months ago and said, hey, yeah. we'd like to have you on.
0: Yeah, And then, as I do, I completely forgot that I reached out to you until uh, we all ended up on that... Um, uh, not not officially eat the rich stream of that debate, but it was like, Oh hey, Gregory's here. Hey, Gregory, we need to uh set up a date. So See, I on. thought
1: it was because of the uh, you know, fantastic visit Nebraska tourism billboards that uh, you know, were so were so prominent in your yeah, right. drive through of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I gotta get up there. I yep. gotta make this happen.
0: Come and stand in the middle of a field with us. Nebraska. It's like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's a great, great tourism slogan. Is
1: there an Oklahoma tourism campaign? What's the...
2: Uh, let's see here. Uh, I know we got, like, tourism's somewhat big here. It's mostly, like, as far as, like, out more the eastern parts with the, um the hilly parts of the yeah
0: sure like the the old oh, there, like Mountains nature and there? Stuff. yeah jealous well, oh totally yeah um <laughs> turner, turner falls i think turner turner falls state park is gorgeous and super cool and like you're driving across you know mm-hmm. anybody's also lake Eufala.
2: like i drove out uh-huh. to lake, Eu- lake Eufala earlier this summer because i had to go to a wedding out that way and i'd never been out like towards that way, and it, it, Lake You Fall is beautiful. Like it's huge, yeah. it's beautiful, it's it's great. That's one of the big yeah. places. Um, Shawnee, my ho- kind of, oh, go ahead.
0: Yes, yeah, some some kind of cool um, like geography stuff that I think a lot of people don't know is that uh, Oklahoma has basically North America's <laughs> oldest mountain range in it. It's the Arbuckle Mountains, mm-hmm. and the reason you know they're the oldest is because they don't look like mountains anymore. Like, they've all weathered down to just, like, this really interesting kind of striated hill country. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, they were they were the original mountain range of North America, and now they're just, you know. But once you get down into those, like, weird, like, river valleys and canyons and stuff, there's some really beautiful stuff down there that, that you absolutely are not going to see from I- thirty five. Yeah. 100%. Is it still thirty five in, in Oklahoma? It might be one thirty five. Yeah, I thirty five goes
2: over. uh north and south and then east and west is yeah, I forty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep, yeah, I live not too far from I forty. So I'm really well, familiar with I-40 more so than I thirty five. But
0: yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, it's it's cool to have you on the on the podcast, and we are going to dig into some more Um, kind of oklahoma oriented issues uh, as we move along through the show but i mean how much time do you think brendan we need to spend on uh impeachment well
1: i think we need to give credit to joe biden he made it happen (laughs) um thank you joe biden uh you you saved us he saved us trump's gone he's not president anymore um, impeachment happened. Nancy uh, president. now. Yeah, exactly. I only that's read right, the, yeah. I only read the tweets. I didn't actually dig into it too far, but that's, that's my understanding of what has occurred. Uh, so, but yeah, it's cause to celebrate for sure. Very exciting times. Uh, and now the, uh, now that that's done, I think the, uh, house has taken a little recess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Every, everything's, everything's been solved. And so now the house is going to go on recess. You know, just just when the momentum was building up, that's, that's strategic thinking. And I think that <laughs> us plebs don't have a sense of, you know, like what's happening in those backroom deals and the way that real power brokering goes on. You yeah. know. you just like, need to the- have
1: empathy for some people planned, you know, vacations, they're yachting, you know, they're seeing the south of France. You know, like you have to respect that, right. you know, that's yep. that's the important things. Yeah.
0: More, more, more than likely, at least one of the elected Democratic representatives is going to be out on Martha's Vineyard hanging out with Alan Dershowitz, you know, the the things that you do when you're on vacation. Yeah.
1: But yeah, it is. a uh, It's it's pretty funny because uh, once again, as as with many Trump scandals, the Democrats did absolutely nothing. And Trump just just, it's like it's it's like he's try it's like he's trying to see how far he can go to get impeached. I think that actually may be part of his strategy is that, you know, back when the Mueller investigation was going and stuff and they were talking about impeachment, there was this kind of like ninth dimensional chess thing where it's like, if the Democrats start doing impeachment stuff You know, they'll overplay their hand and it'll rally the base. Right. Yeah. It's going to turn
0: off the the average American voter, you know, in all of their diners across uh, across Pennsylvania.
1: And so I think Trump heard that. And then after then the impeachment kind of fizzled out, he was like, oh, no, my my reelection plan is is breaking.
0: I need to get impeached. Like, let's let's start making (laughs) some moves here. (laughs) (laughs) That was my 2020 victory strategy. No, that's amazing. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. But I I mean, that has been his pattern the whole time he's been in office, right? It's like anytime something is going badly for him, he does something new that's outrageous and it gets him back in the media spotlight. And at this point, like you think he's down to just things that he's actually done that are criminal. And he's like, well, let let him chew on that for a little while. Like, at least it'll be, you know, like good fodder for I mean, he's got Rudy Giuliani out there like a junkyard dog. Um, literally looks like he's about to fucking burst a blood vessel in his forehead. Um, but everybody's talking about it. Genius,
1: genius moves from that guy. Uh, it, the ninth dimensional yeah. chess is in, is in full effect for sure. Yeah. Well,
0: but- yeah, see, yeah, here's my, here's my theory is that, you know, like the QAnon people, they're not right about the specifics, but they're right about the, like the general thing, which is that uh, Trump's actual, you know, uh, 23rd dimensional Parcheesi plan Is to just expose how weak all of the institutions of American democracy are, you know, through, you know, he's got four years to do it and he's going to do his goddamn damnedest to make sure that like we know at the end of his presidency, whether it's in 2020 or in 2032, that. (laughs) You know, that actually all of these norms that, you know, the like the NPR and New York Times set have put so much faith in like they're they're not worth the paper they're printed on. They're not they're not printed on paper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the craziest thing is like if he wanted to not like have this problem, then all he had to do is what he I thought was good at doing, which is just, you know, doing the cover ups. Right. And just saying like. Well, no, the wizard blower can't testify because I said so. I'm sorry. Did and, you say
0: wizard blower?
1: Yeah the what the wizard blower that's that that's what they're calling him now uh, to get that get that trending hashtag wizard blower. Uh, he, uh, he although yeah uh, that's all he had to do right is just keep doing that and just say well no that guy can't talk no we're not going to unseal the document but instead he's like I guess he just think he just knows that. Republicans aren't going to do anything. So he's just like, no, I'll just put out the full transcript of the calls and everything. And people are like, wow, this is – why did you do that? Like, yeah. that, that's not – it doesn't seem like that was a good idea. Genius moves from the from the Democrats to really just force his yeah. hand by doing he, absolutely nothing.
0: By doing nothing <laughs> and letting him fall directly into their clutches. Um, <laughs> and, and it's like, did he think that the thing that people were complaining about, that that he would be – you know, like completely forgiven uh, once people saw, like, what he actually said, which is pretty clearly what he was being accused of. So there's that. But then it's also like, oh, it turns out he's right because now they're going to take a recess. So, you know, <laughs> point, point Trump, I guess. Yeah. Well, that may actually, again, you know, they're playing
1: right into it because uh, – The best thing that the democrats can do is just get out of the way and just (laughs) let trump you know trip trip himself up with his, his his absolute incompetence but i think the most amazing thing to me about it was that it just showed again how easy it is for people to play trump like if you read the transcript of the call you know the president of ukraine is like hey trump like big fan uh super love you um please give me the, the missiles that, you know, I wanted. And also like, I, you know, I, I love the apprentice and, uh, you know, I'm, you really, I studied your election strategy and that's how I won my election and right, you know, like sure. shit like that. And then he's like, yeah, you should investigate this guy. And he's like, totally will to, on top of it. Didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, right. it's pretty genius.
0: You know, the, the thing about this whole impeachment story is like, well, now that they're going on, uh, on retreat, on 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 vacay for a little while uh maybe it won't change as rapidly as news usually does but i'm betting that by the time this episode comes out the situation will be 100 completely different
1: you're talking about mike the situation sorrentino <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he must be implicated somehow
0: Spe- speaking of uh, orange faced buffoons, um, it has been kind of funny that everybody h- lately has discovered that Jacob Wall, probably the biggest fail son of the Trump administration so far, um, after having gotten banned from Twitter, apparently has become like a lifestyle coach on Instagram. And, and his his Instagram feed is absolutely hilarious because it's like, he tells these little stories about, like, how cool he is. Um, and it's always paired with, like, a nice selfie that he took, but the selfies are always, like, him standing in his parents' bathroom. or like just against like a nondescript bush or something oh that's right
1: there was one where there's like he's on his balcony or something like that and he's like just hanging out in Italy and then he posted another one where it was like the exact same balcony and he's like now I'm in Spain yeah I'm hanging (laughs) out in Morocco
0: this week you're
1: clearly just on your parents back porch dude
0: that's amazing that uh, like the the high priced hotels in Italy and fucking uh, like Budapest that you went to use exactly the same fencing as where you live at home. <laughs> <On> this- <laughs> it's because he he brings the balcony with him because
1: what you it- know just to feel <laughs> just at home. I you know he, right. some people you know they bring their pillow. You know he's like I need my I need my balcony railing or else you know I I get anxiety. You know. But he
0: writes, he writes these most amazing things um, that are all him kind of being like he's like the ultimate like alpha male sort of like you know uh, he's he's all about like whiskeys and cigars and stuff like that um, and he he wrote this post that that is just great so I'm just gonna read this post from from Jacob A Wall on Instagram follow him everybody he's he's great he's delightful <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, this post is. This weekend, I was at a hipster bar in Georgetown. Now, he, liked, he really likes framing his stories that way. I'm, I'm hanging out with a bunch of hipsters. This weekend, I was at a hipster bar in Georgetown with a highly diverse group of friends from New York. I started chatting with a nice young woman next to me at the bar, only to notice that she had a Ruth Bader Ginsburg wallpaper on her phone. I was not dissuaded. After all, I've never met a woman who wasn't an ardent Trump supporter after two or three dates.
1: from jacob wall does is that implied
0: i'm not sure i'm not sure just no every time every time a woman goes on two or three dates she turns into a trump supporter i don't think it has to do with him
1: can you imagine the women that jacob wall dates just being like yeah no i love i love trump can we please talk about something else like (laughs) yes please
0: please all right please all right so but then she did something truly unthinkable, and there's an ellipse, you know. Um. She opened a, quote, fantasy football, end quote, app on her phone <laughs> and looked at it with the focus of someone who's performing surgery. That was the deal breaker. If young women would spend more time reading Tomi Laren and less time watching ESPN, tragedies like this could be prevented. PS When the young lady asked me to enter my phone number into her contacts, I saved my name as coach. There's there's a lot to unpack there. Um, you know, I, I think I,
1: I, I hate th- that Jacob Wall is so right about fantasy football. It just yeah. it just makes me respect him no, even
0: more. No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I right. I mean there's there's that, right? The the idea that like yeah, that thing that lots of women classically hate, football.
1: Well, like that is that his go-to is like you know if he had said like if young women would you know instead of you know wasting their time on you know sports would read classical literature or something like that (laughs) but he's like what they why what if they like read Tommy Lehren's like Fox Nation like (laughs) racist screens or whatever
0: racist (laughs) drivel all the time if they
1: would read about the launch of her athleisure line. Then perhaps they could be, you know, as cultured as, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, the gym to couch, Tommy Squad.
0: I, I noticed. I noticed she had a Ruth Bader Ginsburg wallpaper on her phone, but I also noticed that she had a fucking Colt forty five shoved down the front of her pants in an incredibly uncomfortable way. So then the left, I was like, truly Maybe a I'll land keep of contrast. Conversation going. Right. <laughs> now what? I, what I loved about this whole story though was like, so he spends. I mean, this is a. It's a long paragraph, right? Just absolutely fucking bagging on this girl. And you've got to imagine that, like, him talking to her in the bar, he was probably insulting her to her her face. And yet she asked him to put his number in her contacts. You know, as women do.
1: He's, like, literally still... Like doing like pickup artistry, like circa two thousand and four. Right, apparently. it's that whole legging like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, he is on the he is on the cutting edge <laughs> of fifteen uh, year old pickup artistry <laughs> it's <amazing. laughs> techniques.
0: It's absolutely amazing, and of course, the picture that he he joined up with this uh, particular post was not him hanging out at a bar. It's just like him, like looking thoughtful. You know, it's like almost rubbing his chin, like looking thoughtful off into the distance with just like a shrub behind him. Hmm. Like,
1: you know, I'm starting to question if this exchange even occurred. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it happened at a hipster bar in Georgetown, Brendan.
1: <laughs> with, this, with this multicultural, like he throws that in there. He's like, I was hanging out with a lot of different racial groups. <laughs> I just want you to know that for, for sure. That's what was happening. No reason. That's what, that's what I always start my conversations with as well. You know, I'm like, the- oh, I was hanging out with some friends the other day of many races. Of yeah. Lots of different <laughs> yeah races. Race. I just like throw that in. Well, the, well, to
2: be fair, here out in Shawnee, I do have to preface everything by saying, I was hanging out with my
0: white friends, and then... <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It's uh, I mean, it's very much like, you know, I was hanging out with a very uh, highly diverse group of friends... Um, they're just off screen having a great time too <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bay uh, caught me just... slipping
0: yeah yeah they caught me slipping <laughs> Bay they Bay, 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 Bay caught me hanging out with a highly diverse group of friends you know he's he's not in the uh the public spotlight the political spotlight anymore but he is he's is living his best life on instagram and frankly i just want to say uh jacob never changed man
1: yeah, he's we- doing the work, you know that he's doing that, you know, boots on the ground activism, you yep. know that that we need to emulate. You know, that's right. He, he's he's really a a thought leader in the uh, in the political economy for sure. It's also
0: it's also a little weird, right? Because isn't he wanted on a felony arrest? Yeah, warrant? what the fuck happened with that <laughs> shit?
1: <laughs> Man, this shit's so disappointing. Like, dudes can't even get arrested, right? Oh wow. <laughs>
0: Oh it's my the god! Theme. It's yeah. the theme of the week. C- yeah, can you can you picture like Jacob Wall lifestyle posting from prison? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he's just gonna be like, I'm in Spain or whatever. It's just prison bars, right? It.
0: Yeah, or, like he, he's talking about like you know like the somebody, first group of inmates. Me. Yeah, yeah, like uh, another inmate approached me in the the lunch line the other day and wanted to trade like his neutral loaf for like my fruit cup. It's like, guys, this is what's the matter with America right now is that, like, you know, our strong, like, you know, conservative warriors aren't getting the, the fruit and vegetable servings that they need, you know.
1: He's he's converting the entire you know prison right, to, yeah. to capitalism or yeah, whatever. He's like, going
0: he's, <laughs> to he's turn he's going to turn every fucking inmate in you know like the Scottsdale like low like minimum security prison <laughs> yeah. uh, See, into a Trump This is the Trump future supporter. that
1: liberals want. They just want us in cages,
0: giving us three
1: <laughs> meals a day, not having right. to pay
0: rent. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, that's that's the that would be the grift, right? just talking about how being in prison is socialist. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I think that's enough for uh, for for horrible Republican grifters. Why don't we take a little break there? And when we come back, we're going to talk about um, a better way to reach audiences.
1: No, no, half of Americans don't participate in BDSM. Do. Actually, actually, <laughs> fetish. Ex- <laughs>
0: Is this about the briefcase? Half half, half of Americans. Maybe
2: maybe you participate in BDSM, but half of Americans
0: don't. She does. Okay. Gregory, we invited you on the show, partially just because you're a cool guy. And also because one of the things, you know, our our mandate is to try to do uh, largely like leftist news out of the Great Plains. And Oklahoma has. It's been kind of hard to find somebody who can talk about like leftist politics and leftist organizing out of out of oklahoma which so.
1: I, hear, I hear it's just going gangbusters out there the leftist place on earth that's what they <laughs> that's what they call it you know you joke but the yeah
2: we've nationalized our entire in- energy sector here in Oklahoma. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm Literally. sorry. I was getting Oklahoma confused with the backstage at the uh, cast of Broadway's Oklahoma. My bad. Oh uh, right, sorry. yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> is uh, wait, which one is the actual Oklahoma that fucks Gregory? Is it the Broadway show or is it the one that you actually live in?
1: The one that I actually live in, of course. Yeah, dude, yeah. they just legalized yeah. toplessness. Yeah, it's it's sexy out there.
0: Oh, just like uh like for normal normal like streetwear. So. Yeah, so like the meth heads they can really act as if
2: they're their natural <laughs> habitat and not get ticketed for it or thrown in jail.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I 100% support that. Go for it.
0: <laughs> well, we wanted to have you on for a ranging discussion about what that kind of organizing looks like and you know, Brendan, you you joked that you know, Oklahoma being a hotbed of socialism and stuff like that. But the thing is, you only have to rewind 75 years or something like that. And Kansas, Oklahoma, the the farmers communities in Nebraska and South Dakota were actually hotbeds of socialism, you know, at that time. Yeah. Now, that's that's certainly not the the on-the-ground case anymore, but we do seem to be seeing... A bit of a resurgence. Let's let's start with Gregory. You uh, mentioned on Twitter that you had been volunteering for a Bernie Sanders event there in Oklahoma. Yes. Is that right?
2: Yeah. Yes. Just this past Sunday, I was one of the specific number of volunteers, but it had to be at least fifty or sixty of us that volunteered yeah. for Bernie Sanders. The rally out in Norman, Oklahoma, and there was four thousand people that attended the rally. Uh, yeah, it was it was really
0: great. When Bernie was out there, I know that you follow him very closely. Did he get the sense that he was customizing what he was saying to, like, a Great Plains crowd, like an Oklahoma crowd? Or was it more or less the sort of generic stump speech that he gives?
2: It sounded l- a lot like a speech that I would have heard him say if he was in another state. But, you know, that still resonates with people here in Oklahoma.
0: Did he talk much about, I don't know, like the flooding that Oklahoma saw over over the course of this spring? Or he any- did not. I was hoping he did, but he did Didn't not. Didn't personalize it to the Oklahoma audience that much?
2: Not necessarily, but yeah. still a lot of the stuff he talked about. Criminal justice reform, uh, that's big here in Oklahoma. We definitely need that. When I knock on doors for other candidates out here in Shawnee, people always talk about how they know someone who they've seen get wrapped up uh, because of minor marijuana possession. Um, sure. have made some advancements in that direction as far as criminal justice reform here in Oklahoma, but you know, it's not far enough. We definitely need weed to be legalized and completely decriminalized and all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, we've, we've brought it up on the show before and we were talking about it a little bit over the break about how, you know, Oklahoma is now a medical state. And it's one of those states where the medical regime is loose enough that it's one of those where, like, you can walk into a dispenser and they're like, oh, yeah, we've got a doctor here.
2: There's an issue whenever it first was legalized about doctors not wanting to be willing to prescribe or sign off on letting their patients be able to get it. But it's, to my knowledge, it's getting worked out, and people are able to get what they need, and it's good. We have like two different dispensaries out here in my hometown of Shawnee, and I find that yeah, that's like one of the best things that's happened in this town in my twenty-two, almost twenty-two years of existence. It's pretty great.
0: Are you are you native to are you native to Shawnee? Yes, I lived here
2: my entire life. I was born out here in the okay, at the hospital here in Shawnee. Lived here my entire life. Okay. Yeah.
0: How long has your family been there?
2: My dad, he lived here in Shawnee since the late 80s, I believe. Let's see here. He's from Woker originally. So about, I'd say specifically Shawnee, about the... Late '80s or so. so about 30 years, almost okay. 40 years. Yeah,
0: but you're like an old Oklahoma family at this point, is what I was picking uh, up from
2: that. Sort of speak, yeah. Like Oklahoma is definitely where where I say my family's from. We do have family in other places, but yeah, definitely Oklahoma.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out our friend Melly here who posted a poll today, uh, and, and I I just want your take on this. She asked, "Is calling people Okies a slur?" <laughs> What's your your take on that? (laughs) Well,
2: let me historicize this a bit. It was. Like, during the uh, land run, it was, like, that's what they called, that's what the Californians and the people on the West Coast called Oklahomans who moved there during the land Oh, not the land run. The Dust Bowl. The Dust Bowl. Not the land run. But now we all call ourselves Okies, and that's just how that is. Right.
0: It's not really... We're taking it back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned like, hey, they, you know, kind of sort of, uh, you know, legalized some form of medical marijuana. That was like a huge... It was historic. ...impact to like, yeah. people's lives. Like, it just, it doesn't take much, and you would think that, you know, Oklahoma, with the history of the Dust Bowl, that there would be people who would be concerned about climate change. You know, you mentioned the... Teacher strike. You know, when your teachers who are good teachers are quitting their jobs because they're like, oh, I can get paid more literally working at a Walmart yeah. or whatever than I can get paid as being a teacher.
2: A lot of teachers doing Uber, driving
1: Uber now, too. So, yeah, it does seem like there is a lot of potential there for policies that actually could impact people's lives, making some inroads into a place that's traditionally viewed as like an extremely right-leaning state and i think like had it was you know up there up there with nebraska and kansas as like having some of the you know highest percentage of like you know trump voting sure. and, and things like that mm-hmm. uh, in the previous election
0: that leads to my broader question you know lest we be confused for electoralists i mean like we we support bernie sanders and he's probably the the only hope that we have uh, when it comes to the presidential election but I think more important is the work that's being done on the ground doing socialist, you know, community organization. And so I was really curious, Gregory, what has been your experience doing that sort of socialist organizing in a place that pretty much the rest of the country thinks of as being, you know, just like the backwater of stalwart Trump support?
2: Well, uh, truth be told, I haven't really been as active with. DSA here, uh, within my last year or so. Okay. But it's, it's definitely interesting to see people's reaction to DSA being at, uh, certain events. Like they had a table at the teachers' walkout or strike. And we have different chapters at some of the colleges. Like at my college, we did have a DSA chapter. We have one at rose State. I believe we have one at OCCC. And it's growing, and we have one in Tulsa area, I believe it's the Green Country Chapter. Yeah. And they're, it's definitely growing, and that's all I can really say about it. Yeah, sure. That it's, it's happening.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, Tulsa Tulsa doesn't surprise me too much, I mean, because Tulsa was, of course, the the site of Black Wall Street back in the day. Yeah, you know? Um, Yeah, which, uh, yeah, if our if our listeners don't know a ton about it, I'm not a historian on the event, but effectively you had like the largest concentration of like black familial wealth in the country was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then over the course of just a couple of nights, basically, everyone got really racistly mad at them and like burned the entire fucking thing down.
2: Yep, it was North Tulsa, and the sad part about it is is that now, like, like Tulsa's like, I, I'm not from Tulsa necessarily, so I'm kind of speak on something I don't live through, but where Black Wall Street was at, that's like the poorest part of Tulsa now, right. and it, it's just like insane to think about how that happened.
0: It's amazing to look at a place that was literally pillaged and plundered. Fifty years later, and go like, "Oh, like this looks bad now." <laughs> it was more
2: than it was more than fifty years ago. It was almost a hundred years ago. It was like was in it the twenties, really? I believe.
1: Yeah. yeah, oh, it was in the twenties. It was in the twenties. Oh, yeah. yeah, but it's important to remember that you know, not only it's not like they like burned it down and then the next day they were like hey, sorry, guys, like, you could have a good real shot at it, you know, rebuilding or whatever. Like, it seems to me like there was probably decades and decades of activities that contributed to of course, yeah. you know, the continual degradation of, right. of that area of town.
0: Yeah, which I, I, I guess uh, is as reasonable a place as any to jump into a thing, and uh, whether we could talk about this on the show or not, but um, you are a young black man mm-hmm. living in... An incredibly conservative and definitely still majority white area of the country. Yeah, and so I've been so I've been curious about your particular experience as opposed to you know other like white Bernie Sanders volunteers or something in your area. F- feel free to answer that to the extent that you're comfortable with, but I, I think it's a a message and an experience that a lot of You know, young socialist organizers Across the country may not necessarily share
2: (laughs) Well, most of my political involvement Since I graduated high school Or even when I was in high school Mostly been involved with the Democratic Party And a lot of times you're kind of on your own Being probably the most left-wing person in the room And also being usually the blackest person in the room And usually the youngest person in the room Right and it's the um, fear of not wanting to be tokenized, in a sense. That's a thing. Uh, not saying I have been tokenized, but, you know, sometimes you do have to step up and it kind of makes you look like you're the token, but you're
0: not. You don't feel like you've been tokenized so much no. as it's a, a concern about being perceived as being tokenized.
2: Yes, because, like, especially being involved with my county party, because my county party... I'm over the last four years, I've generally been the most, the only black person or even person of color most of the time who's been involved. And I feel like my input definitely needs to be had on some of the issues that happen with the county party. Sure. I definitely feel like I need to be involved to some extent. It's just interesting because like in my county, it's, it's not like a hundred percent white. It's like mm, 75% white. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's 4%, four percent, four two percent black, something like that. And there's a good deal of Native Americans. And we have an issue where our county party can't really get Native Americans involved as much. Yeah. And just not being able to get people involved. And sometimes know, if you get people of marginalized groups, you can't get them involved because, you know, they're working. They're busy doing Taking care of their own and stuff like that, and
1: well, and to be honest, like the Democratic Party has not necessarily been, you know, exactly. a stalwart I'm champion certainly not of or fucking- Native yes. American, you know, rights compared to the Republicans. That's they. It makes it easy for them to. They exactly. literally just do nothing, and <laughs> right, they don't, yeah. and they're already better, so they don't have to go a step further and actually accomplish anything.
0: Well, and that probably goes for most of the people of, of color in Oklahoma, right? Like, yeah. as long as we're not being the aggressors. In policy, we don't actually have to do anything to like actually address any of the any of these problems.
2: Whenever I tell people like in our last gubernatorial primary, I was talking about how like if you actually have these more progressive, bolder policies that will reach these communities a lot more, these people will probably want to come out and vote. As opposed to just staying home because they don't think you care enough. Right. So it's like, there's always that tug of war there.
0: Yeah, activating that eligible base, which is, you know, more or less what the the left is screaming at the Democrats across the entire country. Yeah. You know, like, stop trying to court, you know, like, wishy-washy people who voted for Trump last time. Like, why don't we turn out the vote from the like millions of people that don't who vote. just didn't who who don't vote because you're not offering anything that's really compelling them to the ballot box
1: Matt you're never going to get the billionaire donors that way man come on what do you what do you think right yeah even in the 2018
2: election in our congressional race here in uh, my congressional district CD5 we ended up electing a democrat but they're like a blue dog democrat Sure, And they won, not because they turned out the working class, but because they turned out the more suburban type people who more than likely voted for Trump back in 2016, but were magically disgusted by Trump over the last two years enough to say, well, I want to vote for a Democrat
0: who's not so scary. It's just aesthetics. It's not material to them.
2: Yeah, and then now this Democrat that we have... Like, don't get me wrong, I know who this person is, they know who I am, we're friends, I know them. But, like, she votes against a $15 minimum wage, she's not in favor of Medicare for All. She's probably going to end up losing the handful of, like, working class people who did support her, but were kind of on the fence about supporting her. So she's probably going to end up losing the race in 2020 anyway. That dynamic of having a district that's mostly working class people and a lot of people of color as well. You can't continue to run a party like that and run a strategy like that that only wants to bring out more privileged people.
1: Well, and yeah. it's, a, it's a strategy that 100% relies on the Republicans being as absolutely terrible as possible. Like campaign strategy where you're like, well, maybe they'll have a gaffe on the campaign trail and people will say, well, I'll hold my nose and vote for this you know, centrist Democrat or whatever. But if the Republicans get their shit together like a teeny tiny bit and don't run like an openly offensive campaign – Then all those, you know, right leaning centrists are going to vote for the Republican. You can't out Republican Republican. a Republican if you're a Democrat. Like, That's that's not a sustainable political base to like support a long term series of elections. But if you actually turn out people who would continue to vote for you, if you would actually deliver something to them, it would be a sustainable process. But I guess the National Party just
0: sees it as kind of an untested, un- unproven strategy. It's not even that, Brennan. It's not that they see it as an unproven strategy. It's a, It actively goes against what they want to yeah. do, right? Because, because it, it, in the state of Oklahoma, like we pointed out, uh, Democrats can get away with really not doing anything uh, as long as they're not being like the villains in the story. They look like the good guy, right? Yeah. But the thing that they really need to do— in places like Oklahoma or all across the entire Great Plains and Midwest and Appalachia and you know the like mid-southeast corridor is build class consciousness yes. which is how they rose to prominence to begin with but at this point the party is so captured by big money interests they're not interested in class consciousness and mm-hmm. building it anymore. That would be the
1: strategy. And it's actually getting eaten away from underneath them by the right, going and saying, Well, we're the real party, you know, of the working class. Right. And yeah. it's a blatant lie, but people buy into it because it seems, you know, authentic. But their, you know, proposed solutions are like, let's build the wall, you know? And it's like, that's not a real no one yep. cares if the fucking wall gets built, especially not in the in the Midwest, like. That shit's far away. Like, yeah, it's, right. it's not an actual policy that would impact people's life, but they get them all riled up about it.
0: Yeah, you didn't get squeezed out of your job at the fucking poultry plant. They'll hire literally anybody. They're always looking for more workers. You're not losing your job to brown people. You are in this economically alienated situation because of the fucking corporations and the billionaires who run the society. And that's the thing that the Democrats are not interested in and, in fact, are actively opposed to they're antagonistic to to actually approaching as an issue
2: and before anyone gets back at me after listening to this for shitting on democrats there are some good democrats in our state legislature who i really like who are about that trying to at least talk about working class issues in some extent there's democrats in our state legislature who are trying to work on getting insulin to be more affordable or free. There's um, Democrats in our state legislature who are trying to raise the minimum wage and trying to raise uh, the wages of uh, state workers and stuff like that. Yeah. So not all of them are bad. I just wanted to state that. Because some of those people are Democrats in our state legislature. Like, they're not all terrible people and whatnot. They're really great people. There's only, like, one of them I really don't like. He had a tweet some months ago uh that was uh comparing Bernie Sanders to Donald Trump. I'm gonna go ahead and say his name because I don't care about him. His name is Jason <laughs> Dunnington. Okay. And this is funny, and his tweet went viral too. And his someone who keeps track of some of the statistics of like past primaries and stuff, they pulled out the 2016 primary results from his from his uh state house district and and Bernie won, beat Hillary 2-1 in that district. <laughs> so he literally put the tweet out. And he didn't delete the tweet. The tweet's still up there. Go search Jason Dunnington, Bernie Sanders. It's up there. It's from like
1: March of this year. It's, it's <laughs> insane. That's an amazing example of why it's an important political strategy to use those races to not just elect any Democrat and or a centrist Democrat, But to elect a real Democrat that's actually going to go out and fight for popular issues. Or something that's even
0: better than a Democrat. Right. And it's
1: one of those things that you you have to be careful because you don't want to be like, you know, self-defeating. And I I guess that's the fear is that you're going to elect a Democrat that can't win. Right. That's an unwinnable Democrat. But if you're going to lose to a Republican anyway, you know, you might as well. Give it a shot.
2: Might as well stand for something while you're in the
0: process of running. I don't know, man. It didn't work for the Tea Party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that never went anywhere. Yeah, because they
2: totally didn't elect their psychopathic Trump to be president in like eight years. They
0: they definitely didn't take over the entire government because they just could keep pointing to their base. that, Like, look, we are trying to do something. You got to vote all these people out. Gregory, thank you so much for your perspective on, on those issues. Uh, before we take a break, I wanted to ask you an introspective question. I was curious, how did you find yourself radicalized? Ooh,
2: this is a, I love this question. One of the first things that, like, it's a series of things, but it, but it all comes together. The movie or the documentary Sicko by Michael Moore, uh, the one that he talked about our healthcare system, that definitely was like one of the first things that radicalized me in terms yeah. of healthcare, at least because i was like wow we're just letting people die out here in the streets and we're like a really supposedly a great country and whatnot places like canada france and the uk they don't so i've always been for single payer. i was like nine when that movie came out right and so <laughs> like that was the one thing and then watching his movie capitalism a love story that one it kind of talked about how bad it is here. But then it also showed us how good things are in some of those more social democratic countries like Norway and Denmark and stuff like that. So it was another thing. And then all the wars, <laughs> uh, I guess that kind of like, that kind of goes back to like Oh three Oh four, like Iraq and stuff like that. And then, Watching uh, the Obama administration because I I I was a big believer in Obama whenever he first ran.
0: Oh, as were we. In fact, I think you can you can listen back to episodes of the show where we're making just embarrassingly West Wing liberal arguments for like why Obama was <laughs> good. Actually, you know, like,
2: <laughs> and then he disappointed me after four years. And then let's see. And then Bernie Sanders ran for president in 2016, and that was a radicalizing moment for me to see the kind of bullshit that him and his campaign and his supporters had to go through. That was very eye-opening for me. And then 2017, I think, was when I officially was like, okay, I'm definitely a socialist. Yeah. Like I was I I had understood things a lot better, understood the world a lot better and how the economy and how all that Different kind of stuff works, so it was a combination of things. Yeah. Um, so healthcare and, wars, Obama,
0: <laughs> and and I would say this, uh, and not as any kind of a criticism or diminishment of that, but really what it sounds like is pretty much uh, a whole bunch of our comrades' paths to radicalization. It wasn't exactly like one road to Damascus moment. It was just. The gradual realization over the course of several events that like, wow, the old system is just not working. Yeah. Well, that's really cool, man. We appreciate you uh, bringing a little bit of Oklahoma flavor to our program. Um, I think we are going to take a break now. And some friends of ours online, a couple of other cool leftists some friends from Idaho have a new album coming out. So we're going to play a track from that. So this is... King and Queen of the Losers That's with the a Deep dream. dream.
2: No associate of our DC has ever had to spend a single minute on a union strike and run the risk of being permanently replaced.
3: Life. a monster, i a thief, break the world and murder me, break the world and murder me.
0: Thing to lead us off with, we were just losing so much great content over the break.
1: You'll never. Audiences hear. think you're
0: just gonna have to take our word for it. It was
1: great. It was the best uh, conversation we've ever had. Yeah, yeah. I had a good laugh it.
0: there for a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what this segment is all about. It's about it's about bringing people up. Um, that's right. Let me kick it off. You know, mine are not are not super uplifting, but two things that have been bringing me joy are the Untitled Goose Game, which is an adorable video game where you're just a goose and you you pull pranks on people.
0: It looks like so much fun.
1: Oh, yeah. And you honk at them and then they, they drop their, you know, radio and then you take their radio and you run around and they chase you around and you throw their radio in the lake. It's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, it looks like just... Uh- it's basically, like, good-natured mayhem. Oh, no, for sure. Right? Because... You're just, you're just going around kind of, like, <laughs> messing with people and things that don't really matter. Yeah, because th-
1: there's no consequences, right? Like, all they do is, like, if you try to take their stuff and you're not, like, fast enough and you didn't distract them, they just come and, like, take it back from you and then, like, shake their head and be like,
0: ah, geese. Right. <laughs> oh, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks delightful. Um, So, that's not on... That's only on console right now, or on a uh, on PC right now. Right? Uh, it's on Switch. It's on Switch. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, buying a Switch in this economy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> on, they, they got the
1: Switch Mini out now. It's the it's the hmm. most affordable Switch ever. The Switch Bu- buying things. Switch, please. In this economy, Nintendo sponsor our podcast. Um, <laughs> a, another game that is only on PC, but it's only five dollars. Is an amazing so an amazing game called Kind Words subtitle lo-fi chill beats to write to what <laughs> and this is an amazing little video game where it's like if twitter was nice oh my and god and so it generates a little you know cartoony 3d bedroom where like from the lo-fi beats to you know chill to youtube channel a uh, sure. nice little cozy bedroom Uh, And you're like a little cat or something like that. And you sit at the desk and a deer delivers you letters. uh, And you can also just like write, you know, like a little short, like inspirational thing. It kind of gives you some prompts. Um, Hmm. And it says like, hey, like, what would you say to like cheer someone up or whatever? Um, Or like, you know, express, uh, you know, empathy with with someone and stuff. And the letters kind of float by and you can click on them and it pops up. And it, you know, just says like, you know, hey, you know, remember that. You know, nothing is forever and this too will pass and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, And then you can kind of write an anonymous letter and it sends it to people and they can respond. And, you know, you can just say like – Wait, do they they go to real people? They go to real people. That's what the whole game is about. So you can just write kind of an anonymous letter and send it out there and just say, you know, hey, you know, I've been really bummed out lately because of climate change or whatever. And, you know, see what people – Send back to you, right, and just say, right. you "Well, know, you know, hey, if, you know, focus, focus on the positive. You know, try to, you know, try to get out there and enjoy nature. You know, while while it's it's not on fire. Yeah. You know,
0: do you think you could use that platform to like radicalize people? Absolutely. Like, I was, I was, I was really depressed uh, until I realized that really it's because like I hate my job oh, dude. and having bosses and like I think that workers need to own their workplaces. Dude, that's
1: <laughs> the that's the best. You know, that's the best solution to you know a, a feeling of helplessness and you know like what can i do it's like do fucking something like just go on twitter sure. and talk about yeah. how shitty stuff is and you know th- you know what we could do to make it better like that's that's the first step in in the healing process for sure so i think it's really cool um i'm sure don't tell any uh, nazis about it though no way. Um, right So, you know, there is, you know, there's report functions and stuff, but, uh, I think one of the nice things about it is, you know, Twitter's free, right? So any, you know, asshole Nazi that has a stick up their ass can, you know, get on and start spreading hate. But, you know, this costs $5. So, you know, does a Nazi really want to pay $5, you know, to look at a twee cat, you know, cat's probably gay or something like that. You don't even know,
0: so you know. (laughs) So are you telling?
2: So are you telling me that we can buy happiness? (laughs) Yeah,
0: for sure. We at least buy something that's not uh, like labeled as being toxic. Hey, and Lo-Fi
1: Beats to Chill to on YouTube is totally free. So
0: that sounds great. Hell yeah! Don't
1: don't don't sleep on that either.
0: (laughs) Well, those those both sound like very uh, meditative, and in one case, like actually kind of empowering. Sort of high notes, Brendan. Good job. We did it. We did it. What do you got, Gregory? Oh, well, um, let's see here. So,
2: uh, a couple of things. Uh, let's see here. There was a Tool album that came out a couple of months ago, I believe a month ago, and it uh, stopped Taylor Swift from having the number one album in the country. So that made me
1: really happy. You're bringing, really me down, You're bringing me down, man. You're bringing me down.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I heard that Tool album was not that good. I I actually, see, I'm going to be a hypocrite for a
2: minute. I've been tweeting at people telling them to go stream the new Tool album. I actually have not streamed it in its entirety yet. (laughs) 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 Like, Tool's not really one of my favorite bands, but, like, they're one of the greats. So, you know, I have to say, like, yo, I like them and they're good, but, you know, they're not. Yeah,
0: that's right. Brendan, uh, I don't know if you would have caught it on Twitter today, but one of the little throwaway jokes that happened um, over the the course of Liquid Flannel tweeting today, was that uh, it came out that Gregory is a metalhead and absolutely knows who Static X is. Yeah, and has opinions about Static X. They do well, actually.
1: It sounds like you guys need to calm down. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I
2: love Static
1: X. Don't even get me started, <laughs> man.
2: I have the whole first album, The Wisconsin Death Trip. That was great.
0: <laughs> All right, what was your other one? The, the other one that, is uh, that Korn. Tool, Tool beat Tool beat Taylor. back. Oh, yeah,
2: Corn. They put out an okay. album last week, I believe. Yeah, and I actually was favorite band. Yeah, and I was no. You're getting confused <laughs> with Slipknot. Oh wow, I cannot <laughs> believe. Okay, But anyway, but no, but I I didn't actually like the album necessarily, but it sounds like a really good album and uh but it's always good to hear that corin's still putting out new music and hell yeah so yeah so those are my two things nice. and I Man, we gotta hook to... you up with
1: murder brian it sounds like you guys uh have a lot in common oh, <laughs> i yeah, tweet totally. i actually tweet at him
2: back and forth from time to time and i listen to his new pod new metal podcast that he has he's great like oh, it all makes Gregory's sense
0: now. Get, Yeah, Gregory's going to get invited on Street Fight before we do. Oh, that'd <laughs> be so goal.
2: dope. I would I've, I've tweeted at him telling him like he has a new podcast. It's called the POD Cast. And then Right, yeah, and, that's
0: their new metal. Yeah, and cast, I told right. him I'm like I'm
2: down to be on any of those shows that you is guys do. Is it POD
1: like Christian metal? Come on. They're Christian, but
2: they're dope though. Come on. They're they're dope. I like I like POD. POD is good. I only fuck too. with
1: Christian alternative indie. Come on, man. Oh wow. Jars of Clay God. forever.
2: <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, uh,
0: Five Story Fall. I, I'm only I'm only Christian ska <laughs> from now on. I love
1: I do my, one of my favorite things. Five
0: Story Fall is fucking great, is actually. one one fun. hit
1: wonder Christian bands where people go, oh, they're Christian. I'm never going to listen to another song. Yeah, I'm never going to buy that album. That's basically Flyleaf for everyone, right?
2: Yeah, oh, totally. Because they had that one-hit oh, yeah, song yeah. when I was like five years old, all around me. And then after that, you pretty much never really heard from them. At least not, not in mainstream right. circles. <laughs> Wild thing about their singer, their singer, like this, well, former singer, uh, Lacey Sturm, I think is her name. Like, I believe in her autobiography, she claims that like when she found Jesus, she stopped being a lesbian. And she's very happy because of that. Like I didn't read about that until like a couple of months ago. I was looking her up, and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah,
1: like yeah. Jesus, that's a that's a Christian. That was a Christian band for sure. (laughs) Jesus is pretty sexy. I mean, he might be able to convert me. I don't know. We'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll have her back on the show um, for her next relapse, and also the relapse (laughs) that she has planned for twenty twenty (laughs) two. Oh, my goodness. Well, no, that's cool, guys. So, uh, yeah, we had a couple of really good uh, pop culture high notes. Brendan did video games. Gregory did music. I'm going to bring it back to the uh, the news world with just this uh, amazing piece of hard-hitting journalism from the – Well, okay. I'm not going to say that it's hard-hitting. I will let you guys decide whether you think this was a hard hit or not. This is from the Omaha World Herald. Oh, yeah. Uh, Their uh Real Fair – Accurate. Dateline, September 21st, 2019, by Emily Nitcher. Omaha police investigate, quote, assault with a banana. Here you go. A banana thrown at a man's face prompted a call to Omaha police. Officers were called to Benson Tower at 59th Street and the Northwest Radial shortly before 920 a.m. Thursday. Okay, so it takes place in the morning. That's interesting. Well, I I mean, that's when bananas are at hand. Yeah, right. it makes it, sense. Uh, quote, in in order to investigate an assault with a banana, a 53-year-old man said that he'd gotten into an argument with a 23-year-old female resident. The man told police he walked away to de-escalate the situation, but as the elevator doors were about to close, the man saw the woman's hand, quote, punch through the door, followed by a banana, according to the police report. The woman threw the banana at the man, hitting him in the face and dirtying his red T-shirt, the man reported, Officers could, quote, see a small amount of banana smudge on the man's shirt, the police report said, but no mark was visible on his face.
1: This is another Antifa hate crime. (laughs) Yeah. This I can't believe it.
0: um, This was soft hitting. You asked and I (laughs) have an answer. It's (laughs) very soft hitting. I I was going to make (laughs) that joke that it's actually soft hitting journalism, but the thing is, he reported to the police that he saw her hand punch through the door... The elevator, elevator right? I pictured it like so, an elevator.
1: It's like right. the elevator was gonna close and she stuck no, 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 her hand
0: no. in. Come on. No,
1: this was, was like this the was shining. Some she-hook
0: <laughs> <laughs> shit. She punched through the elevator door and then winged a banana. Yeah. At him. Was it All if right. it was
1: a green banana, like, you know, those are those are pretty hard,
0: you know? Yeah, but a green banana is not gonna leave banana residue that on it. That is your true. Shirt. Banana residue. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, we 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 might know, except the article goes on quote the banana was not recovered and its whereabouts were unknown they
2: literally put that in the
0: article
1: what oh yep
0: oh wow Dude, if well, the they care more about the banana report. they
2: care more about the banana than the person who was assaulted clearly
1: <laughs> if the banana is uh, is loose you must acquit i don't know i could <laughs> could you imagine so being a have- fucking cop that gets this call and has to go report on this fucking shit like how do you not just do a hate crime on that guy like immediately? like
0: no, I, th- I think the I think what the cop ended up doing was write down details like the banana was not recovered and its whereabouts were unknown in the police report to signal, I think this is a cop being a little cheeky. I think he was signaling how little he fucking cared about this thing. I think this he guy to to. He
1: faked the whole thing. He bananaed himself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, because there's there's uh corroborating. Uh, like suspect evidence right so when police talked to the woman she told them that she had started arguing with the man because he was trying to throw away items that belonged in the building's common area the woman said the man then called her and her baby ugly oh wow officers reported and he said quote she was giving all his friends stds Jesus. The woman told police she threw the banana, but didn't know if it hit the man. <laughs> that that is where this article wraps up. Wild, wild. So, so yeah, so I have questions.
1: I'm looking um, forward to the
0: sitcom uh, that these two develop. <laughs> right? I
1: think this is a promising premise.
0: The, the end of every episode, somebody gets a banana, like just to their to their red shirt. Well, I'm I'm. Oh, it's the red shirt thing. I'm curious to
2: know if the woman and the banana are going to get jail time. This is a serious
0: crime. <laughs> well, no, the, the banana fled the scene. <laughs> the bananas in recovery mode, just like the, Dave Rubin. The, 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 bana- <laughs> yeah. the banana has Wanted not been apprehended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, America's most, we're going to bring back America's Most Wanted, except it'll just be about this banana.
1: This is why my relatives from Chicago come into town and they watch our local news like it's a fucking episode of SNL or something. They just right, they just like laugh, to the fucking and zoo. laugh uh, <laughs> at the at the news stories. It's absolutely amazing to see.
0: I mean, it definitely sounds like the guy was being a dick. I mean, you can call somebody an uh, call somebody ugly, but baby, unless you're like though. drunk, yeah, a drunk or really really being a dick. <laughs> yeah, you don't call somebody's baby ugly. Yeah, that's just that's yeah. insane. Well, but I, I also like uh, she was giving all his friends STDs, so apparently he knew this gal.
1: Yeah, a- after two or three dates, he was gonna totally t- turn her into a Trump fan. But it, it, <laughs> didn't go, it didn't go the way he was hoping. You know, yes, this this man was Jacob Wall.
0: Oh man, <laughs> banana well, banana man himself. I don't think we can do any better than that, listeners. As a as a wrap up, so let's let's end it there, Gregory Harden. Gregory Arden II, thank you so much for being on the show with us. You're welcome. Do I get to plug my show now? Hell Absolutely. yeah! Absolutely. Right. Yep, it's all plugged. Well, um, uh,
2: I'm Gregory, and I host a show on YouTube and SoundCloud called The Green Corn Rebellion Show. It's after a um, rebellion that happened in Oklahoma during World War One. So, yeah, um... I've recently done interviews with Benjamin Dixon and Katie Halper. I've done stuff on music, mostly heavy metal music, of course. Album reviews, <laughs> top 25 lists of songs and stuff. Got some good stuff coming up. Uh, good interviews coming up. And yeah, and decade wrap-ups of probably history of heavy metal and hard rock from this decade. Gonna plug some great bands like Butcher Babies, Hailstorm, In This Moment, Firefright Death Punch, issues. Anyway, that's all. That's my plug, Green Corn Rebellion Show on YouTube.
0: That's outstanding. And it's yeah, it's it's a super cool show. And also you're on Twitter? Yes, I'm on Twitter at
2: Gregory Harden the Second, Gregory Harden II, and also Green Corn Rebellion Show is TGCRS forty six.
0: Sweet. Yeah sweet well it's it's been a pleasure man uh brendan you're on twitter
1: i'm on twitter at brendan williams with one l
0: and our show is on twitter too sometimes
1: occasionally uh if uh little no what was it if little king gets us that sponsorship yeah that's right yeah, yeah we're gonna be tweeting non-stop about our love for and circle yellow sandwiches no i don't I know do i fucking, haven't had a little I do king
0: fucking <laughs> They got episode, them good onions. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll save that for the bonus episode. We'll uh we'll we'll talk about Little King for a little while. Uh, bonus episodes, yeah. If you like what we've been talking about, um, give us uh just a measly dollar a month, folks, at patreon.com slash liquid flannel pod, I believe. Anyway, if that's not what it is, it's linked in our Twitter. Yeah, you'll figure it out. at yeah, at Liquid underscore flannel. Um, yeah, free uh free bonus episode every week. Uh, it's, which not, we're gonna record it's not free. In just you, a have to, you have to pay money. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's not free. Sorry, it's it's free. It's free if you pay for it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's the Netflix just,
0: model. <laughs> yeah, which uh, which is is also my model for my Twitter, where you have to pay me a dollar if you want to read one of my very excellent posts at Matt The with the W. So, um, everybody hit me up on the Cash Apps, and then if you think about it, you know, follow the show and. Gregory and all of this good work that everybody's doing thanks everybody